where nobody knows your name is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We're very excited for this week's episode as we're joined by a very special guest. She played one of our favourite recurring characters and starred in Cheer's first spin-off, The Tortellis. She's an actor of stage and screen, a New York Times bestseller, the highly influential creator of yoga philosophy and an instructor to many, including Jennifer Aniston, Kate Beckinsale and Brooke Shields. Our special guest today is, of course, the delightful Mandy Ingber. How are you, Mandy? I'm very well. So nice to meet you. Zoom. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today, Mandy. We're really excited to talk to you. And of course, we've seen all the episodes of Cheers that you're in. And although there's only five episodes, it's such an iconic role um, that you really made your own. So we're really excited to talk to you today. So thank you for coming. Great. Thank you. One first thing we wanted to ask about is you made your start acting through Broadway when you were 14. And this was before Cheers. How was that experience? Yeah, that was my very first job. Like I never did, you know, like worked at a yogurt shop or, you know, like was a babysitter. I kind of just landed this Neil Simon play called Brighton Beach Memoirs um, in 1983. And um, I went, you know, as a young girl and I was from L.A. and it was really my first time in New York. We traveled from um, and Matthew Broderick was in the play as well. And he was just it was sort of like his breakout role. And um, it was an incredible experience. I mean, just uh, being in New York City and being exposed to the, you know, the theater and the culture of New York City and to be a part of it, really, you know, being on Broadway, like I was a part of the culture of New York City. So it was a great experience. I mean, it was a dream come true um, very early. And I, I actually felt like anything else that I ever did would really just be icing on the cake. You know, I felt like I was very um, lucky to achieve a, a, a dream, a fantasy, really an actor's fantasy, like right off the bat. But I'll tell you something interesting that relates to Cheers. So before I went to New York, Cheers was my father's favorite show. And, you know, Cheers was like really low in the ratings in the beginning. It was not like a really popular show. And back in the 80s, they gave things a chance, you know, to like to to run. So so in the first few years, Cheers wasn't that popular and it grew in popularity. But when I was in New York, I would listen to the Cheers theme song on the radio and I would visualize myself coming back to LA and um, playing Carla's daughter. Like that was in my, in my fantasy or my visualization um, when I was in New York. And, and that was in, um, I, I was in New York in 1983. So that's what I like sort of would do during the day. Like if the song came on, I would just do that. And then when I, and then um, in 19, I believe it was 1985. That's when I um, auditioned for, for cheers. And I had forgotten about that actually, that I, that I done that, but this, it was basically the role. I mean, obviously I played Rhea Perlman's like daughter-in-law. So it was uh, like a one-off, but it was basically, I had imagined myself playing that role when I was in New York. That's amazing how the dreams just sort of kept coming true. Could you talk us through the sort of audition process? Was there a casting call? How uh, how did you feel when you saw that role come up to be in Cheers, a show which meant 
so much for you already. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, you know, I was an actress and I was a little, you know, I mean, I had been on Broadway and I was, you know, doing working with, you know, these amazing, so I felt I was pretty confident, you know? Um, so I, I think that it was just like another thing I was auditioning for. Um, but obviously it was, you know, like a very quality show. The casting director ran, was Randy Stone. I think he only cast the show. Like, I don't know how many seasons he may have only done like one or two seasons of the show. Um, because Jeffrey Greenberg ended up doing it. But the year that the year that the Annie Tortelli role came up, Randy Stone was was casting it. And he he was a fan of mine from I think it was Gimme a Break or something. He was he, he was a casting director for that. And he he was my first like I did my first callback with him. So he called me in. I was actually a very, I'm kind of organically a shy person, you know, I'm a little reserved. And so he really worked with me on coming out of my shell and, and basically bringing out the, um, you know, like that sort of, you know, that sort of feisty, aggressive energy. He worked with me and he, cause obviously he probably, he, Look, looking at me, he was like, oh, this is the perfect person, you know, visually to do this. He gave me tapes of Rhea Perlman playing Carla, you know, so, so that I could really work on it. And so that was he was very helpful to me. And then I, I remember going in for the the Charles Brothers and James Burroughs, you know, Charles, Charles Burroughs, Charles. They were also amazing. And I remember going in for the audition and I just I made a choice where I, I think I was wearing a jacket and I like in the audition, I just like, I just remember like tearing off my jacket and throwing it on the floor to do like an arm wrestling match. And it was just, I just remember that feeling of like ripping off my jacket and getting into the arm wrestling thing. That was just like, I just felt really in it. And um, they were a great audience, actually. The Charles Brothers and James Rose, they were a great audience for their own, you know, writing and ideas. They laughed a lot. Um, so that was the, that was the experience, you know? Yeah, pretty straightforward. And then I, I think I was uh, 17. I think I was 17 when I got that role. And uh, I remember being very excited. Yeah, when I got it. <laughs> you said it was very exciting, understandably, for any teenager to be on Cheers. But you said yourself you already had a dream board in mind of being part of Carla's family. Was it intimidating at all working with the older actors who were in their 30s and 40s? Because I had been on Broadway and done Brighton Beach and worked with like these really, you know, like sort of iconic hard hitters. I was on Broadway for, you know, like almost a year. And, you know, every every like iconic famous person came to, you know, watch me perform. So I think I I had enough of a confidence in myself. However, I'm also very sensitive. So, you know, when you're guest starring on shows, I had done a, quite a bit of guest starring roles on other shows. And, um, you know, when you're a guest star, it's kind of like you're, you know, they all know each other. So it's like you're walking into like a family or like a situation where everybody's already friends. And so you kind of don't know exactly how you're going to fit in. So there definitely is a self-talk when you're going into that situation where you have to remember that, um, you know, like it's nothing personal and just to kind of stay, you know, focused on what you're doing on the task. It just so happens that, 
the first episode, um, my first episode was a week that they were doing. That was the groom war clear assault. And uh, that was, that was, uh, so the episode is, ba- I'm sure all your the people that listen to you know this, but the episode is basically that Carla's son comes and with his, with his girlfriend and they're young, they're underage and they want to get married. And, you know, I, although I was 17, I probably look more like I'm 13 um, because I just looked younger. So it was, so that's the episode. That week, they happened to be shooting, and that was when Shelley Long was still on the show, but Shelley Long was out doing like a movie. Um, so they had to like pre-tape her, her scenes. They, but they were filming two episodes that day or shooting two episodes that week. And um, it was actually Woody Harrelson's first episode. So they were re- we were table reading two scripts, but that was, so, so I was new, but Woody was also new. So it was like, it was weird. It was like, even though... Um, obviously Woody, you know, you know, like, you know, just that's a totally other level of cheers, but, but I didn't feel like I was the only one that was sort of new. Um, I just remember after Woody's table read, you know, he had all his lines memorized and that's kind of unheard of, you know, like in a sitcom, because they, when you, when you're um, doing it, shooting a sitcom, you know, they, there's rewrites every day, basically, but he did, you know, he did his episode. And I remember at the end, I was like, wow, you're really good. You know, it's just like what he just really stood out. So, yeah, it wasn't like it wasn't intimidating. It's really fun to play with such talented actors. And also the writing on Cheers was just so good. All you really had to do was like deliver the lines, you know, because just the writing was so classic. So I wouldn't say I mean, yes, in a way, I guess it's exciting. I wouldn't say intimidating. It's exciting, nervous making, you know, fun. There was definitely a lot of fun on set, but your character is one of the few who sort of stood against Carla and you had some great lines written for you. The back and forth between you and Rhea Perlman were quite something. And you and Rhea Perlman's character, Carla, had quite a lot in common. I was wondering, how did you get that sort of rapport? Did you get any advice from Rhea Perlman or are there any stories behind the scenes of how it all went down on set? Yeah. The way that I, that I did it was Randy Stone really like, I just studied what she was, you know, I studied her. And so I wasn't exactly imitating her, but what I was trying to do is pull out from myself that same kind of, you know, energy. And yeah, I think all that was really in the dialogue, you know, and just like the playing, you know, but just matching her, matching her. I mean, obviously she's such a a talented woman. She's also very, a very, um, she's very soft-spoken in real life. You know, she, that's, that is, that is a role she's playing. You know, by nature, she's a very like sweet woman, actually. And I still I've seen her um, since then. She actually used to take yoga at the same place where I took yoga. And I remain I remain friends with Woody as well over the years. He's like the he was sort of the the one I always like kind of retain one friend from each job, you know, and Woody was the one. And um, I have seen I have seen Rhea up at Woody's a lot, too. So she's a she's a lovely woman. And obviously an incredible actress. That's good to know. I think that answers one of my next questions, which was who were you closest to on set? Uh, I know you've said you and Woody Harrelson had a really good relationship on set. 
How did you build that behind the scenes? So Cheers, I kind of thought of Cheers as like, for me, because of my age, it was almost like my my college or something, you know, like I, like I was acting on different shows. And so I, I think of all those different shows that I was acting on because I didn't go to college. I think of that as my sort of my college, you know, my college classes or whatever. With Woody, um, so obviously I met him, you know, like what, like his first day of working and he, we had a commonality, which was he had just come to LA from doing a play called Biloxi Blues, which was the sequel. It was second show of the Brighton Be- of the uh, Neil Simon trilogy. Brighton Beach, the show that I did, was the first one, and then what he did this was an understudy for the second one. And so he, you know, when we were conversing, it was like, oh, we were in the same family because we both kind of came from that Neil Simon family, and so that was sort of how we it kicked off our friendship. And then when I um, came back. From uh, when I when I went to from Cheers to the Tortellis, um, Tortellis and Cheers filmed shot on two sound stages next to each other. So uh, you know, sort of like during lunch or whatever. It's like that's sort of like the that's sort of how that all developed. And you know, Woody was a lot of fun. You know, he's he's a lot of fun, and um, you know, he invited me to play volleyball with his friends, and you know, all just all the stuff. Woody was just having a great time. Woody brought a lot of fun to the Cheers said apparently i i again i was i I didn't you know my first episode was i guess season four you guys probably know better than i do but i think it was season four and um that was woody's first season and and what i heard was that prior to woody coming it was like a little different of a feeling on the set but then all this you know then it was just like a lot of a lot of fun things going on you know they were all they all started to play around more so um yeah and then uh, we we continued our friendship and and then um honestly my uh Laura Louie who's Woody's wife um at that time she during that time she became his assistant and then she and I became really good friends and they just have continued to be very close friends and I was at both of their weddings and you know all of that so it's it's just been I would say I call Woody like my family I knew Woody before he was vegan you know what I mean like he wasn't vegan and I was <laughs> I love the idea that while filming Cheers and the Tortellis on the same lot during lunch breaks, you would just go, uh, should we just go to the bar there? Yeah, right. Well, there is like this little outdoor area, this grassy area on Paramount that um, that was kind of like a place where I, w- I like to hang out and read and have lunch. And, and um, yeah, Woody was always reading some philosophical book, you know, like Krishnamurti or, you know, uh, meeting the shadow, you know, by, you know, it's like Carl Jung, he was always reading something interesting and I, I'm like that too. So that's amazing how you built a friendship from, uh, from the show and it's continued this whole time and, uh, it's sort of been captured on screen a few times, but you mentioned you went into the Tortellis and I was going to ask, what was it like when you heard about the Tortellis, the first spin-off show from Cheers? Was it exciting and nervous going from a sort of guest spot to a main starring role? Yeah. Um, I, you know, it's funny. I don't really remember that. Um, like I don't remember, I, I had so much going on. I mean, honestly, it's like, uh, it's like, I, um, that's one of those things that maybe passed me by in terms of realizing how incredible that was. But I will say that that process, you know, the Tortellis was interesting. We, it felt like it started off pretty strong. Um, that first episode, like that pilot, because we had, um, you know, George went and John Ratzenberger and, and Rhea Perlman all made like a guest appearance. I know you guys know this, but, um, all, all made like a guest appearance on that first, um, first episode. And also they, we were, 
back then it was like must see TV. And, you know, everybody was watching television at the same time. You know, it was like that kind of a situation. So we were, I think, when the pilot first aired, we were put on like right after Cheers. We got amazing ratings, you know, like being put on right after Cheers. And then they found another place for us on Wednesday nights and it just didn't work, you know, like, so uh, Tortelli's went for 13 episodes and I think like they sold it to one network and then it didn't, then they didn't want it anymore. And then they kind of tried to shop it around to another network. It it was a long circuitous process, but the Charles brothers were very um, behind it. And finally, when it just didn't, take after 13 episodes then they brought our characters back on to cheers tortelli's was it was kind of a struggle in a way you know it was it was a bit of a struggle um but it was still great i mean dan hedaya was you know an amazing actor um <laughs> very interesting person and um and you know gene case it wasn't it was definitely a cast of characters that's for sure you know Yeah. So, I mean, obviously that was an exciting opportunity. I was, I think I was more excited going back to Cheers after the Tortellis. Like that was sort of like a surprise and a cool surprise. And in season six, you get some great episodes of Cheers. And it's really a season where you're peppered throughout. We've just finished watching that season and uh, we've been talking about those episodes over the last few weeks. It's always great seeing you in the role. Oh, cool. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, again, I really appreciate you saying earlier that it was like, you know, made it, it made an impact, you know, even though obviously cheers was, you know, there were so many sections to cheers and it's such a, you know, there's, but I think that that's part of the great writing is that, that there, and and I do credit the the writers that that character is really, I think very well written. And it, it was a fun character to play. I love playing that like over the top also like the romanticism that she has with Anthony and, you know, just like her over the top sort of not poetic, poetic romanticism, you know, it was was a really, it was a fun aspect of the character. So, yeah. And then when she falls in, you know, for Sam, that, you know, like to make Anthony jealous, I mean, that was all really fun. A lot of iconic lines and moments. Yes, definitely. Definitely. And Ted Danson also, he was, he was so great to work with. He was a, a really, um, really nice person. How did you become involved in yoga? Because obviously yoga has been very successful for you as a venture. Yeah, yoga. So I, I grew up practicing yoga. My dad, I grew up in LA and my dad was very, we were progressive and, and um, my dad was into all sorts of, you know, things, weird stuff when, when I was a kid. And one of the things that we got into when I was probably six or seven was yoga. And obviously my dad's very influential in, in my, uh, in my life. <laughs> so, um, I had always practiced yoga. Um, and then after acting, um, I, there was a period where I was like trying to figure out like what I was, you know, like what I was doing. Like I kind of had this period where in my early twenties where I was like transitioning and I wasn't quite sure what I was doing. And then by 20, I did another, the last pilot I ever did was actually with this woman, Pat Nardo, who was, who, who produced the Tortellis. She was one of the producers of, I did three shows with her. Um, And after that, shortly after that pilot, which was called Mulberry Street. I was looking for something to do. Like I was like, I need to, 
work. I need to like get it. Like, even if I act as much as I've always acted, I need to have something I'm responsible to every day. And I did all these different things. And um, one of the things I, I, I opened myself up to other work. And one of the, the work things that came up was um, teaching uh, spinning, indoor cycling. So I, I became a very popular spinning instructor and that, so that was like really my career for a while. And it was, I was like this sort of guruish type of spinning instructor. And then at a certain point I added in yoga, uh, as a, I, I, I did a teacher's training to sort of back up my yoga, my yoga experience and like to have another tool in the tool chest. And, um, and right after my father passed away, all of these opportunities started coming to me about yoga. And so I was already a teacher. I was already an instructor and I got some opportunities from different angles. And I just, I just started teaching yoga as well as spinning. And then I became well-known because I guess Jennifer Aniston, who also, I probably met Jennifer around like when I was like 21 or something, 21 or 22. And, and then, um, so at a certain point, Jen, Jen started talking, we, we started practicing yoga together. She started working with me, um, right after her divorce and, or as the divorce was happening. And then she started talking about me once that started happening, then I started to get recognition, um, in terms of, like all these magazines wanted to talk to me, all of the, you know, all these outlets wanted to talk to me. Coincidentally, regarding the yoga, I think at one point, Woody, when, when he had, he, he opened up this oxygen bar, it was called O2. And um, it was like a raw, it was raw foods and oxygen bar. And it was like this sort of trendy thing that didn't really take off. But I remember one time we were, we were practicing yoga together. Cause we would yoga, uh, Woody would have like yoga parties a lot, like at home, like, like you just hang out and stretch. And I remember one day I was saying something to Woody, like, like we were, I think he was, we were both doing like tree pose or something. And I started like telling him because I, I'd always practiced yoga since I was a kid. And I started saying, you know, press down into your foot and like extend it out through the top of your head. And then he said, you'd be a really good yoga instructor. <laughs> and I was like, thanks. So just like randomly, that was, that was part of, that was something, you know, cheers related with the yoga, but, um, yeah, it just sort of organically happened, to be honest with you. And it's nothing that I ever intended to, to do or to teach because it was my it was so my dad's thing. But then after he passed away, it was some download almost. And all of these different like all of these different avenues started opening up. So that's how it sort of evolved. And then as a result of that, I I produced my own yoga DVD and that became like a, you know, I self-distributed that. I self-produced it. It became like this huge bestseller. Um, all these magazines started featuring me. I became more well-known as a yoga instructor than I was as an actor, um, which was so uh, random because I, that wasn't my intention at all. You know, I didn't leave acting to become like famous for being like a teacher. That wasn't like my plan, but that's what happened. And um, yeah. And then I was able to do a lot of different things. I was able to do endorsement deals and speaking engagements. And I, you know, I wrote two books and my first book was a New York times bestseller and it's called yoga philosophy. Um, and it's a 28 day mind body makeover book. It's, it's, um, it's kind of like the artist's way or a creativity book meets a fitness book. Um, so it's fun. It's, it's just a, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And I suppose for some of our listeners who might not have tried yoga before, what would you say are some of the key concepts of yoga philosophy? Um, well, I guess one of the concepts, my main angle um, and my main aim for people 
getting fit is really, it's really about loving your body into shape. It's not goal oriented. It's really like when we love our bodies and move our bodies, we, we are celebrating just that we have bodies and that just by doing that, you know, things fall into place. And so that, that would be, I'd say the main philosophy behind it. And then my objective in teaching would always be to sort of hit things from different angles, meaning like every day has a new intention. And so it doesn't get boring. It's like, we kind of start fresh every day with a new, a new intention and a new idea. And also that the principles and the concepts of yoga really can be poured into other modalities. Um, that's why my book and my DVD, my, my, my actual DVD is like a yoga workout. So it pairs yoga poses with toning exercises so that it's a little more exciting than most yoga. You know, it's for people that feel bored also that it's kind of a challenge for people who are used to practicing yoga because there are more kinetic movements in it. Yeah. I have a lot to say about it, but I don't have it all put together in my brain. Where would people be able to pick up this book or DVD? Well, on my on my website, which is mandyingber.com or on my Instagram page, um, which is Mandy Ingber, I have a link um, to the downloadable version of the workout of the yoga workout. So that's one place you can get it. Um, the book, there are two books, Yoga Philosophy, 28 Days to the Ultimate Mind-Body Makeover. That book, both of those, and my second book, Yoga Philosophy for Inner Strength, are both available wherever books are sold, obviously online, on Amazon. I don't even know if there are real actual bookstores anymore, um, but they're available there. Yeah. <laughs> we were going to ask for some yoga wellfulness tips, but I think you've covered this in saying that it's about that body positivity there. Yeah, it's it's really about bringing yoga into everything that we do and like that you do and honestly like because I was a spinning instructor prior to being a yoga instructor, I, I don't think people have to it's as long as you find something that you love to do physical, it really is whatever you do just uh, just having a daily physical practice, you know, is really the is really the main as well as positive messaging your body instead of beating yourself into shape, you know, that, that doesn't get you into shape faster than, um, you know, just speaking nicely to yourself. And, and basically the positive self-talk is very important for everything, for every aspect of, I mean, I guess that also goes back to what you were saying earlier as an actor, you know, going on to a set with actors who are, you know, well-known or have, have already established relationships with each other. You know, in each circumstance that we enter, the challenge is always to positive self-talk our way into it. I don't know that there's anybody that doesn't have self-doubt, but I think to really go the opposite direction and to start to encourage ourselves is the way to all things. I'm sure like somebody could have said, you know, oh, you know, you're going to do this podcast, you know, there's always like somebody that's going to like cut it down. So we as well not be ourselves, you know, <laughs> And I think it goes the same with working out. You know, I think that people get discouraged very easily because they think, well, you know, it's going to take so long to do. There's always an excuse, you know, why not to, to be embodied. But the truth is that um, our bodies really are our, great, our greatest gifts and that any goal that we have, anything that we want to achieve begins in the body, you know, like as we are right now in the body. And so to, to take any action in the body is going to, is going to be sort of like the foundation for all of our dreams to come. And I think that's such a great message. And I think especially now more than ever, I mean, it's been such a hard two years and a lot of our listeners have turned back to cheers for that sort of comforting sort of 
rewatch where they can remember really happy times. And I think that wellness of mind and body is also so important as well. So I think the messages of this whole conversation is really on topic with that. And I think it's a nice reminder that we should go forward with that, really. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because, um, you know, I, too, have been very like on my screen and and kind of have gotten a little sedentary and inactive. Mm -hmm. And I think that the great for me, like like when I was younger and like I wanted to be a part of, you know, like instead of sitting and watching, I wanted to do it. And um, kind of even what you guys are doing by having a podcast, you're taking like something that you enjoy and your hobby and you're doing doing something with it. So rather than just be this sort of passive observer, which is fine, but sometimes we space out and we do that getting embodied is really like, you know, that's for me, like just doing and and getting embodied is something that's it's key. It's even why I'm doing this right now. You know, it's like, okay, I could either be staring at my screen looking at something, or I could be like having a conversation and and that just feels better, you know, to, to do. And thank you so much for coming and talking with us today. We've only got one more question and it's uh, whenever we have a guest, we always ask them what their drink would be if they were at Cheers right now and what they would order. What would you go for, Mandy? Okay. Well, you know, I'm a very codependent drinker in that um, <laughs> I, I, I tend to, uh, I've tended to follow others, but the truth is what I've landed on that I really like is um, I like a dirty martini, very cold and not too dirty. <laughs> well, you won't be alone because we'll order three of them and we'll have one each. So. Okay, good. Okay. That's nice to hear. It's been a joy having you on this episode, Mandy. That was our final question, but we've learned a lot, particularly in these yoga messages and the wellness there, because John and I didn't know much about yoga and you've encouraged us to learn more, I think. Oh, good. Great. Well, I really appreciate you guys having me on and, um, you know, wishing you just all the success and luck for everything that you want to do in your life. Thank you so much for your time again, Mandy. This has been Where Nobody Knows Your Name at Cheers Podcast. Thank mm-hmm. you.